Welcome back to the Argentina Project Podcast at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan. Today I have Todd Martinez with us. Todd is a frequent guest of the podcast. He's a lead analyst at Fitch Ratings for Uruguay and Argentina. Thanks for coming back. I wanted to talk Argentina with you, and in particular, the topic, at least from the perspective of all Argentine authorities, which is the restructuring of Argentina's over $300 billion in debt. Argentina right now has self-imposed a deadline of the end of March, and I can't find anyone who thinks that's at all possible or likely, and that if it's truly being pursued, it might indicate something unfriendly to creditors in terms of the approach to the talks. What's your take on that deadline and on the general prospects for a amicable restructuring of this massive debt? Specifically on the timeline, I would say we are certainly in that consensus camp that thinks an end March deadline looks extremely ambitious and unlikely. I think for that to succeed, Argentina would probably need to make an offer that's quite attractive for creditors for them to take it up at the majorities needed for it to be a done deal. And if it's too generous, then it's one that doesn't help Argentina's debt sustainability problem. So it's not clear if the IMF would be in a position or would want to pull the rug out from under the carpet of some sort of deal like that, or if Argentina would even want one because recently it's talked a lot about how unsustainable its debt is and it needing a deep debt restructuring. So if they offer something a little bit more comprehensive, a deeper haircut, I think that's just something that's going to take a longer time to, to reach a deal with creditors. Might even, and arguably, and this is why we have a rating of double C, which means a distressed exchange or an actual default is likely because so far Argentina's offered carrots in terms of we're going to keep paying debt um, on debt until we get to a deal. But if that doesn't get them a deal, they might have to use sticks, which is actually the threat of, of stopping paying for some time. I think we're skeptical that this is going to be done in the next month. Um, and more broadly speaking, what do we think a good debt restructuring should involve? It probably is one that involves quite a bit of debt relief. It's interesting that even until now, a lot of creditors have diverging views about whether Argentina just has a liquidity problem and just needs some temporary relief, or it has a fundamental debt sustainability and solvency problem where kind of permanent relief from debt is needed. And I think we've always been of the camp that Argentina has a debt sustainability problem, that good debt relief is going to need to be permanent. And why is that? First of all, Argentina's debt metrics are quite high. We have 98% debt to GDP of the central government and the provinces. Now, a lot of analysts just say, okay, so much of Argentina's debt is held by itself, by the central bank and the ANSES, you should net that out. But even netting that out, you get to 60. That is a very high number for an emerging market. But more importantly, it is very high in the context of Argentina's very low debt tolerance. So we don't think it is appropriate to necessarily to measure Argentina's debt metrics in comparison to Brazil. Argentina, a safe debt threshold we think for Argentina is quite a bit lower than it would be for a country like Brazil. Why is that? It's defaulted many, many times. It has weak debt tolerance, we say, and a weak repayment record, but also because Argentina has this remarkable weakness in that it is exceptionally good at borrowing dollars when people will lend them and exceptionally weak in generating genuine dollars to service that debt. So some of the metrics we also look at are foreign currency sovereign debt as a share of exports or current account receipts, and those metrics are the worst of all countries we rate in the world. So that's foreign currency interest payments and the debt stock in foreign currency as a share of current external receipts. 
seed. So I think that really highlights Argentina's fundamental weakness and why that threshold is much lower than it should be for other countries and a greater degree of relief is needed than a lot of people might think when comparing to some peers. Todd, you mentioned the International Monetary Fund. There is a real question of sequencing when it comes to this debt restructuring. A lot of people were enthusiastic when Argentina re-engaged with the fund. It wasn't clear it would. It had declared that it didn't want any further support from the Macri-era bailout. You had had some hostile remarks from Havana, Cuba, when the Argentine vice president, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, had asked or demanded that the IMF itself take a haircut on its $44 billion in lending to Argentina. Now they're re-engaging and there's talk of an Article 4 consultation, potentially a new program, but none of that will be done in time for, again, this late March deadline. Does Argentina first need to come to terms with the IMF before it can seriously talk to creditors? Yeah, I think you've highlighted probably the biggest uncertainty right now is this chicken-egg problem of Argentina says it wants a debt deal before it can formulate an economic plan and know what sort of wiggle room it has to work with. Creditors say, no, we need to know what your plans are before we're willing to accept an offer and not clear exactly where the IMF is going to side in all of this. But I think it is becoming a little clearer because what's interesting to see is there was a very friendly relationship, you know, talk with creditors are going to be a friendly debt restructuring and a sort of a, a hostile relationship with the IMF. But I think what's happened in hindsight is pretty obvious is that whose incentives are really aligned here it's the government and the IMF because I think the government realizes to achieve the fiscal tightening alone needed to achieve debt sustainability is just not feasible to keep hiking taxes even more really undermines Argentina's already deep competitiveness issues there's not the political appetite for spending cuts and they could generate a backlash and legal challenges by pensioners for example but I think the IMF as well is also at a position where it is not in a good position to be demanding austerity because the IMF has always been emphasizing local ownership of adjustment programs and if that local ownership isn't there the IMF doesn't want to be seen as the entity that's imposing these sorts of policies on society so I think it's not that surprising that the IMF came around to the conclusion that debt's not sustainable and that creditors need to make a significant contribution so I think going forward we're going to see the government and the IMF more on the same team than creditors and the government is there a scenario though Todd where Argentina does not need some reduction in its deficit. I mean, I think there is this view that somehow they lengthen their payment schedule with the IMF, that there is a restructuring of their debt that gives them relief. But look, Brazil's not growing that quickly. Commodity prices, you know, given the, you know, slowdown of growth in China are not heading in a very favorable direction. Argentina is not going to be able to borrow cheaply, even if it um, re-enters somehow capital markets. I'm just wondering if there is a scenario where a government from the Peronist Party does get a few years of, I don't know, one, 1.5 percent deficits that it can play with as it tries to reactivate the economy and satisfy lots of constituencies. We talked about there not being a very crystal clear economic plan. And I guess Minister Guzman did go to Congress with kind of the vague outlines of what he thinks is a fiscally achievable path, which is uh, achieving a 1% primary surplus by 2026, achieving a balance in 2023. And on one hand, that doesn't seem very ambitious at all, given the deficit last year was 0.4% of GDP. Now, I would say it's quite a bit more ambitious ambitious than that might appear because a lot of one-off revenues and accounting things flattered the deficit last year. And the government has also estimated that on an accrual basis where spending that was just sort of pushed into early 2020 or, you know, arrears and things like that and cutting out the extraordinary revenues that the last government got, the deficit was actually 1.7% of GDP. So achieving a balance by 2023 from that 1.7 starting point is a little bit more ambitious than, than what it might appear. But at the end of the day, getting to a one 
1% surplus is much less of an adjustment than other countries have achieved who have restructured their debt. Jamaica has like a 6% primary surplus. It's kind of an IMF success story. Uruguay got to a much higher primary surplus following its restructuring. Greece, it took a little while, but they got to a higher primary surplus. So Argentina is essentially saying we're not capable of the same fiscal tightening that a lot of these other countries are capable of. On one hand, I think there are good reasons to say that that's a good assessment because the fiscal adjustment so far has been one that exacerbates, I think, Argentina's growth challenges. Hiking taxes, capital controls, cutting capex to the bone, all those things are not things that bode well for the long-term growth outlook. It would be better for microeconomic terms for consolidation to rely on scaling back the public sector, but, you know, inevitably that's something that just needs to be very gradual, and there's very clear demonstrations of it having a backlash in Argentina. I think there are reasons to think that a less ambitious fiscal tightening is achievable in Argentina than those other countries. Now, if you're a creditor, of course, I think it's reasonable to expect that they should be committing to something a little bit more ambitious than what they're currently targeting for there to be a consensual restructuring that's very quick. So I guess where that middle point is is going to be the main sticking point. I think there's diverging enough views around it that it's going to take a while to tease out and it'll, it'll last beyond March. Talk about the economy and getting it back on its feet. I mean, you've already referenced some really debilitating aspects of the current emergency responses to the debt crisis, which is, you know, sharp reductions in capital spending, which started under the Macri administration, where the infrastructure Argentina desperately needs to improve productivity, um, was greatly reduced. Now you have higher export taxes again, which is going to disincentivize the expansion of the agricultural sector, which is the key driver of foreign exchange production. You know, where does Argentina grow? How does it generate dollars? How does it export? Um, I don't see any prospects for real trade liberalization under this government. So where is the sense of optimism that Argentina can restart growth after, what, a third year of recession, maybe the, you know, three of the last five? Yeah, I think it's really hard to see the range of scenarios for the uh, Argentine economy in the medium term, you know, while we're still talking about a debt restructuring. I think this government probably hasn't unveiled any sort of economic plan because, you know, it's not reasonable to be formulating one until there's quite a bit of clarity on how much fiscal wiggle room it has to work with and everything. But in any case, it looks like the growth prospects are just very weak in Argentina. Like I said, the fiscal tightening so far has been one that exacerbates Argentina's microeconomic challenge. Ukraine when it got to its restructuring, it had already lowered its deficit quite a bit, but it had done it in probably a way that was coincided with the microeconomic changes it needed to make, which is dramatically cutting back gas subsidies. Argentina has done something on the subsidy front, but most of the fiscal adjustments so far has been hiking already very high taxes and cutting capital spending to the bone. So we don't see the fiscal adjustment uh, that has been achieved so far as a particularly sustainable one. So I think, you know, that does not bode well for the medium-term growth prospect. Also, yes, a degree of short-term stability has arguably been bought with capital controls and price controls. But once again, that's Argentine short-termism. It could be buying short-term stability at the cost of further de-incentivizing long-term investment. So that's not good news. And I think a lot of people have pointed to Vaca Muerta and this incoming government has pointed to Vaca Muerta as kind of this bright light on the horizon, but also equally unclear to us how viable those resources can be without subsidization, clarity on where 
where labor policy is going. And in the meantime, you know, gas prices are, are falling quite a bit elsewhere in the world. So maybe by the time those resources, if Argentina does get its act together, not quite as profitable as they previously thought to extract those resources because it's taken so long. And I guess there's reports already of a lot of these towns in the Vaca Muerta area being relatively deserted. So I'm not part of the field of dreams camp that thinks because the resources are there, eventually they're going to, to get exploited. It needs to be profitable to do so. And there's still huge question marks about whether that'll be the case in Argentina. It's a dismal outlook. I agree. Vaca Muerta in particular, surprisingly, I mean, you've had a, a startling reduction in activity in the one area where the government thought, okay, we are going to produce lots of foreign exchange and even employment gains. Um, and we really haven't seen that. And again, that was sort of the only big idea that I've heard so far in terms of medium-term economic activity. Todd Martinez, thank you so much for joining us. 